0: Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: Welcome, family, to another edition of T-Limbs Presents The Bridge. We want to uh, welcome everyone. Uh, go tell your cousin Jeffro and uh, <laughs> Aunt Mabel that we are on the air. So I want to uh, send a shout-out to Aunt Mabel <laughs> and cousin Jeffro. You know, uh, and, and but for real, I want to uh, send a shout-out to Ridge. And uh, thanks to Ridge and uh, uh, Ron, our uh, technical gurus here. Um on the right of me, one of my cannons, we have Teresa Hamilton. Uh, the left canon in the Cat and Hat hat <laughs> 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 is Twyla Cawthon. And we're missing the canon, but he's here in spirit with us. Uh, Francis, so we send a shout out to you, Francis. And, yeah. uh, okay, we know you're tuning in and yeah. you're here too. So we got a spot uh, here uh, for you. And we're going to continue today's... Um, with the program that we've had, uh, we talked about before, uh, and we didn't get a chance to complete it all, so we're gonna uh, do a recap of that, and is uh, referring to the uh, missing uh, uh, conversation with uh, Martin Luther King. Um, before we start that, uh, I wanna do an editorial, if, if I could. Okay, I gotta get okay. in character, y'all. How they do you oh, do ed- no. Editorial.
2: We're in
1: trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, today's editorial concerns this month because this month is a very important month for a lot of us. Yes. And it's a very important month for myself. And, you know, uh, being a black man in this country, so is is a very important month uh, for all of us. But it's like I said, it's especially important for me as a black man. And I guess you guys... Probably would say because, okay, it's Black History Month and all this and that. No, it's my birthday month. <laughs> so so, oh, so, I had to throw that oh. in there. But again, and reference... <laughs> not, not just yours. Pardon yeah, me? Not You're just not yours. Alone. It's my birthday month see, as well. see, I told you it was important. <laughs> see? see? Mm, 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 we yeah. have uh, Teresa's uh, birthday month as, as well. And that's all y'all need to know. And that's all <laughs> we're going to tell you. But anyway, in, in reference to the month, I was pondering the question, why do we have a month? You know, whereas, you know something, the things I did yesterday is history, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, we are involved in history uh, 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 every day, right? but we seem to be singled out with all the other ethnic groups to have a point in time to where there's a celebration of our heritage, Uh, A particular month now. um,
0: Well they also have a Native American Heritage Month and Asian Pacific.
1: Exactly but but now with the inception of this country we was there from brick one nail one throughout history and they don't seem to have a month I was I was just wondering why, but anyway, they don't seem to have a month. But anyway, uh, we was in every war. Uh, uh, we Are was... you
0: talking about because it's the shortest month? Is that, is that why? I, I got the answer for that one.
1: I don't I don't I don't know, but uh, if you care to expand okay. on, on that, this is my editorial is that you're. Oh, but, <laughs> Mr. Editor, Mr. Editor go, Man, go, go ahead.
0: <laughs> Carter G. Woodson was the first one that started Black like, History Week. And a lot of people said, why did we have it in February? Well, the reason why it's in February is because Carter D. Woodson knew that black folks were already celebrating February. Because February on the 12th is when Abraham Lincoln's birthday. Mm-hmm. And they were also celebrating that because he was considered the great emancipator. The other reason why it's February was a month that black folks celebrated was because of Frederick Douglass' birthday this month also. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's why we that's got February. great. Yeah. And that's yeah. why we got February. So when you, you all start complaining about why we got the shortest, uh, no, Carter G. Woodson did that by design was because that's what black people were celebrating. So this was a a celebratory month for us. Wow. I didn't know
1: that. And
0: that's yeah. how we got
1: it. Yeah. Okay. Well, but thank, well, well, thank you for that. <laughs> See, we're an informative group and mm-hmm. we want to get you informed uh, and keep you informed as mm-hmm. to a little bit about your heritage so you can know a little bit about yourself. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, something you can't take or accept History mm-hmm. for your history. And so, with that, uh, I want to say uh, power to the people.
2: <laughs>
1: and since it's the glyph, <laughs> e- <laughs> <but anyway, laughs> uh, I want to uh, thank also, last week we had uh, John oh, Cheeks yes. in here. We had yes. a, a very good yes. uh, program last week. Yes. Um, you can contact us at 240 uh, 791 See, I thought I had it, but anyway, 719 2560. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to our distinguished panel. And we're going to continue that conversation uh, that we started before in reference to uh, Martin Luther King. Oh, speaking of which, is K I N G. King, not k- like that before uh, tried to say it, it was a mispronunciation. Okay, you see the look on my face right, you know, <laughs> but anyway, uh um, very good. We would just want to correct that and to correct him, but anyway, we're gonna turn it over to our panel, and then we're gonna continue where we left off uh miss Coffin, if you will,
0: <laughs> first of all. We do thank John Cheeks for coming here last week, and that's not the last time you're going to hear from him either. Absolutely. So I hope that you all did your homework last week and went to his website, which is UScrA.com, which is United States Citizens Recovery Initiative Alliance.com. Lots of good material in there, lots of good information. Give him a
1: short as but, to uh, what, what that but, entails. Just we're,
0: we're taking away the word reparations. Reparations does not give us what we need. Um, as he stated last week, in order for us to to reparate, we'd have to go back to the original source, which means we would have to storm the coast of West Africa, and we would have to actually go there and try to reclaim lands that we probably would have had if we were still if our ancestors still were there. That's not what's happening. So we need recovery, much like you talk about uh, insurance settlements, mm-hmm. recovery, mm-hmm. and recovery recovery is more palatable because it goes directly to the industries that benefited from slavery. He talked about the toilet industries, uh, different tubs, um, the water purifying systems, the water purifying companies. I tell you about the insurance companies, um, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, um, CSX Railroad. Oh, we have a list. Colleges like Georgetown University. There's a whole list. There's a plethora of industries that we can go name by name, which we will when we go and put this before the DC. Uh, voters that's,
1: that's coming up in it'll be uh, this month yeah he
0: goes yeah. on this month, to, to, this month. To, it'll be filed this month and then so it'll go on the next, next month we
1: need your support you mm-hmm. you out there we need your support because it affects you again so we need your support and and this endeavor because you know something is 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 something history our history mm-hmm. and so we can be a part of that history and and, and, and and stop all, like he was saying uh, last week, uh, the complaining and mm-hmm. uh, or what Francis was saying, you know, hearing us complain and this and that. Here's an opportunity to do something and, and to be product. a part of and, and to bring about this much-needed change because it affects you, and not only you, but your children, your future. The children are our future. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No,
0: you're fine. Everyone receives monies from the government. Everyone receives monies. When companies get tax breaks, those are called abatements. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing, it's the same thing. Only this recovery will be warranted because the ancestors are not here to receive it, but they also, but this government paid the Japanese ancestors and, oh, there was something too. In England, they found out that there were some artifacts that belonged to different countries in Africa. Mm -hmm. And the, the Queen made mention of it, but I don't hear any public or international outcry demanding that the British government return those artifacts, just like when the the Jewish um, um, citizens and, and members of the Jewish community and who are there still tracking down um, properties wolf- around, around the globe. And, uh, and we're just set on helping this one group. I don't see the same assistance. So let's be fair about how we're weighing out recovery reparations for them recovery for us let's be fair mm-hmm. but it's very quiet and i notice this, it's just too quiet to me for the international community so that
1: means it's up to you yeah Madeline, speaking of which the international community mm-hmm. now we ha- have always been there for you it's time for you to be there for us because y'all know the truth behind uh, uh what you know went on during that time and and, and but that and starts whatnot. with us well, of, of, of course. Right. So we need that our involvement. Do I have to do the mirror again? Oh. <laughs> oh.
2: I don't care. <laughs> Look,
0: there, there was something you were talking about about um, um, Black uh, History Month, and I have been pondering this thing over too. Mm-hmm. I really think that we need to broaden this sentence out and make it African slash DOS History Month. Mm-hmm. DOS is a term that uh, first heard it from Yvette Carnell and uh, Antonio Moore, shout out to them too, and uh, DOAS heard that from Tariq Nasheed, which is Descendants mm-hmm. of African Slaves or Descendants of Slaves, or, or a, and, and those terms are apropos for us mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. everyone talks about, well, my people were enslaved, and, and I'm not talking about you, I'm talking mm-hmm. about Descendants of African Slaves, which only means us. Yeah. And since we talk about Black History Month, when you think about it, the inventions that were made uh, in the early part of the creation of this country or this establishment of this these settlements, the uh, the, the slaves were not citizens, mm-hmm. and even when they were freed, mm-hmm. they still were not citizens. So mm-hmm. technically, they weren't even citizens of this country. So um, they were still Africans without a country.
2: Yes. Yes,
0: they yes, really were Africans yes. without a country. It's because you're here, That's under right. duress, and your chattel property. Right. When you get to the nitty and to the gritty, they were Africans without a country. So can we dispute the
1: contributions you know, in that so regard? Just like they were immigrants without oh. a country. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so uh, 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 again, uh, they are the biggest immigrants. Uh, uh, we, and,
0: but we and, weren't immigrants, and that's the thing that Ben Carson Well, uh, again, said. yeah, because uh,
1: we didn't, we
0: didn't come have on the a boat. choice. We <laughs> didn't come on the boat with the Budweiser's and, and, and come to seas and look for um, soil and just plant our roots and, and plant our barley crop and prime and wind, you know, the tobacco. We didn't come here for that. Um, we, we didn't come here for that at all. So that's why we're not immigrants. We weren't Actually, trying we, to mark. Mic- we were
1: content where we, we were.
0: Well, the ones that did come here, we were here before the Pilgrims got here, and that's a fact. We were here way before. We were here back in BC, because mm-hmm. like I said before, we were all, it was, one, it was one big continent. We were traders, and we traded freely. Mm-hmm. We were here, and a lot of the free men that were here, the free Africans that were here, ended up becoming slaves once the European settlers came here, mm-hmm. see, some of them even came here as indentured servants. Yes. And
2: mm-hmm. then those
0: indentured servants ended up becoming slaves yes. afterwards. So, and
2: then some were slave owners, like the Johnson <laughs> uh, family, uh, I know initially were slave owners. So we had all sorts of things going on in our history when we got here.
0: But in that slave ownership, that wasn't quite the same as the European Mm -mm. style of slave ownership. Mm -mm. and That's Mm -mm. the thing. This slave ownership here in this country was the most brutal of all mankind. It's the only slave ownership that was contingent solely because of the color of your skin.
2: Right. And I think, as you mentioned with Martin uh, Luther King and the other America, that it's really important for us to understand, especially during Black History Month, really what Martin was saying about the two Americas. Because here we are, 2019, and really, unfortunately for us, nothing has changed. Speaking of that,
0: let's start with some stats. And I'm going to read these, because I don't want to make a mistake on any number. So if someone called it on and said, they were wrong. Mm-hmm. The Pew Report of 2018 Mm -hmm. says that of the adult population in the United States, 64% are white, 16% are Hispanic or Latino, and 12% are black. But if we look at the numbers that are incarcerated, Mm -hmm. 33% are black, 30% are white, and 25% are Hispanic or Latino. Mm -hmm. And according to the Bureau of Prisons, we got the receipts, Mm -hmm. There are nine people that are in prisons in America that are under the age of 18. Wow. Nine. And there are 64 people that are in prison in this country because of breaches of national security. Hmm. So how do you justify, okay, I'm not talking about the wall. Wow. Nine, wow. But the majority of people that are in prison, which is 46% are in there for drug-related offenses. Hmm. Hmm. Only hmm. 18% are in for weapons or aggravated assaults, and 3% are in there for um, homicides.
2: That's interesting. 3.3% the statistics. So the majority are there for drug offenses. Yes. Which now, because we have the opium epidemic, we're treating as what? It, now it's finally drugs are, maybe you do need help and not, you shouldn't be sent to prison. Well, you know, <laughs> interesting. Now, uh, uh,
1: again, now, with, mm. with the opioids, uh, who runs those those industries well okay. we've been, they've been running. And, 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 and 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 again in the eighties uh uh who ran that industry <laughs> you, you know what i mean so uh, uh again when the eighty affliction was an epidemic or at epidemic proportions mm-hmm. uh uh the solution at the time was incarceration. Mm-hmm.
2: Under whose now, administration? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> well, Go further than that, because the war on
0: drugs was actually declared by uh, Richard Milhouse Nixon. Mm-hmm. And that was, what, mm-hmm. that was, what, seventy. 70s? Yes, sir.
1: Well, served, uh, well exactly. again... And then it was repeated it was, again. It was a design, uh, a design okay. tool mm-hmm. to uh, uh, break apart, to separate. Uh, uh, because you know something now uh during the seventies in, in the nixon era uh, and you and I have seen a lot of programs uh what's what 's to do uh, in, in Mexico that they just caught not uh oh, capo chapo, oh, chapo oh, oh, oh. And, and the ones be, uh, before him uh or not before him, but during that era oh, you know they had pipelines into this- cu- this mm-hmm. country and and again and, and it showed until it came out that uh, <laughs> what the, the CIA was was uh, filtering yes. money during, uh, the 80s. Uh, uh, during that time mm-hmm. for dr- not for well for drugs they were the nieces in, in the conference. yeah right. uh, f- uh, for drugs and what uh, and and letting these dudes uh, do this type of thing so again uh, uh, let's let's look at the source of, of of all this anguish that was going on and here it is again you know something I don't know and I could be wrong if you're out there give me a shout out a black uh, pharmaceutical company. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah. uh, oh, well, see, you'll be see. waiting okay, to right. so, I mean, so the you know, next millennium. You, you got to think about this. I, I mean, you know, something so now But uh, go ahead. I'm you know, sorry. I have
2: a question, and this is the thing as we move into Black History Month and we talk about, you know, really looking at the history of what we've done and how to move forward. And one of the biggest questions, I guess, because I, I'm real into the fact that I'll I'm concerned about our black men and being incarcerated is a real big deal to me. And I think when Malcolm talked about, Martin, I always say Malcolm, but when Martin talked about the other America, we really have to wake up and recognize what he was really saying. In my mind, he was saying there are really two Americas. And every issue from the opioid issue is always looked differently. When, when they have a problem with drugs, what do we say?
0: It's a problem that you, that you have a medical issue. I, I can speak and to that. And it's a
2: treatment issue. Mm-hmm. But for mm-hmm. us, it's a jail issue. And my concern, and this is a question I want someone to tell me, if you know that someone is, is creating a trap for you, what do you do so as not to fall into that trap?
0: Mm, several things. Um, I'm going to back up for a minute, Okay. first of all. Um, I'm a former police officer. I don't hide that because my hands are clean. Uh, I remember being at home and guys used to hang out on this corner, East Avenue, there used to be a store called Lewis Carry Out. And I'd roll because I had the late night. I went from days to nights, so from noon to 8 to midnight. And uh, guys used to stand on the corner on the block. Mm-hmm. they congregate. Now, this is when the crack epidemic was kind of like an all-time. This was in the 90s. Um, they see my cruiser and they would just kind of like try to move real fast. Mm-hmm. I'd take my cruiser and gangster park it on the sidewalk. <laughs> and I'd get out and i said, don't run, don't run, don't run, don't run. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to arrest anybody. I just wanted to find out what's happening with black men in America. I really did mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I had already been away from home for all these years. I had mm-hmm. been around the world all these years and I had been in the military all these years. I just wanted to find out because this was not the home that I left. Mm-hmm. And so the guys started feeling more comfortable talking to me about what was happening. When we were getting out of high school, Right. the rubber factories were leaving and shutting down. Right. So the jobs were leaving. All the industries were leaving. There wasn't anything coming in. Mm-hmm. So there weren't any places jobs. for them to go to, sc- to mm-hmm. go to work. Mm-hmm. So. And you didn't have the money to go to school. Mm-hmm. Used to be, you got you drop out of high school at sixteen. Where we live, oh, yeah, you get job at a uh, factory uh, that same day. Well,
1: the, mm-hmm. the factories mm-hmm. that was in in the community. Uh, uh, they were thriving that's a state. that. Matter of fact, you know something. Uh, uh, like I was telling you uh, about my friend uh, mm-hmm. uh, David. Now, uh, his father, you know, um, I mean. Nice home, mm-hmm. you know, beautiful children, not because they're my friends, but <laughs> beautiful children, beautiful wife, mm-hmm. y- y- you know what I mean? But I just found out a few years ago that he was a custodian hmm. at, at, at the factory. So the point that I'm making is that you could sustain your family off of that uh, employment that he had. He put his wife through school. Wow. Y- wow. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. off of that employment, we were able to sustain a living for ourselves and the communities thrived used as to be communities. One of the,
0: used to be one of the richest cities in, in, in the world was Akron, Ohio, yes. rubber, rubber City, yes. you know, Goodyear, Goodrich, Firestone, Far- mm-hmm. Cyberlane, Mohawk, uh, mm-hmm. Uniroyal, all those all those factory stuff were there. But these guys, they were standing in the corner and they were telling me about these jobs mm-hmm. that had gone and never mm-hmm. came back and nothing mm-hmm. was there at all. And so I was asking, because I didn't know what crack was. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't, I heard the name, but I didn't know what mm-hmm. it was and I never, so I'm listening to them talk, and they're telling me, well, because I don't have this, we don't have that, we don't have this, we don't have that, will not have, have this. It didn't make it right in my head at all. Right. But what I found out was that one of those guys get caught with one crack rock
2: mm.
0: would do so much time. The first, the person got caught with powder cocaine. Now, in the neighborhood, sometimes you see the Caucasian children would come from the suburb and come on there, and they ride around through the middle of the night, and they would ride around. Hey. and. The minute they got arrested, they would tell on the person who sold it to them. Mm-hmm. That person would go away, do 18 months. They would go in a treatment facility. Mm. Yes, Mm-mm-mm. yes. So there was disparity there, disparity. right? Yeah, and if they got yeah, caught with yeah. powder, bringing some powder to mm-hmm. someone to, to mm-hmm. cook whatever, mm-hmm. they didn't get as much time as the person who had the, the rock. The actual that's right. Rock. Mm-hmm. So there was mm-hmm. disparity in this in this period because. This was the poor man's high, right? black poor man's high, right. but it was dumping to our neighborhoods right? kind of high. So this opioid crisis today mm-hmm. is more of a vanilla look to it. Mm-hmm. Now, there are black people there that, that take opioids, mm-hmm. and, and, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying it, but what we noticed that, and this, the, we got the receipts, the number of overdoses this year, this year, last well, this not this year, but last year and years prior, the majority of those that died from heroin overdoses or opioid-related overdoses were Caucasian, lower to middle, upper middle class, young people and mm-hmm. adults. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Now,
0: you see all these commercials about medical treatment if you have opioid crisis. <laughs> you know, crack was a crime; mm-hmm. opioid you is a crisis. I have <laughs> issues seeing right. the governor and some other... Um, movie star on TV talking about, well, you know, if you have, you know, it was a, there's a movie I called The Beautiful Boy. Well, this boy was addicted to opioids, but he's beautiful. And they sensationalize, but, but, but the black you know. boy who's out here hustling, right. making money to be some tennis shoes, trying to family, actually trying to feed, because some of them have parents that are locked up, mama strung out. Right. I had children who dropped out of school because that's what they were doing. They were taking care of. I had one child. I used to meet him once a month and try to get some work and some work to him mm-hmm. so that he wouldn't just fall away off the rolls. Now, he ended, he's, 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 he's deceased now, but it was because I needed him to learn something. And I'm telling you, I had to go to some crazy places to meet this child.
2: So I'm, So I guess my question is how do we solve, now that we're in Black History Month 2019, how do we solve these issues and problems that we're experiencing what what is what is the solution
0: well first of all it's a it's a change in thinking and that still comes down to the primary problem that that Martin Luther King addressed we have a problem of racism in this country and until that's resolved, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's housing. I don't care if it's education. I don't care if it's uh, if it's if it's um, drugs. I don't care if it's anything. Until we address and solve that issue of racism, not. Martin was realistic. He said, "I don't expect you to change your mind. I don't, It would be nice if everybody's heart would change." He said, "But." I know it's not, but how about making some legislation so, so that you can right? Keep so it, keep I in guess
2: touch. that's the key, the key is the legislation. But every piece of legislation we
0: get they, gets, they pulled. It's, back. it's undone. And then how many legislators right. we have actually look out for black folks' issues?
1: Right. And even that's if they're the black. Key. Oh, I got a new a new uh, name for the legislators the Kumbaya, no the coon. what I say? The Kuhn-bayaders. The Kumbayaders. <laughs> <laughs> the you know, they're Kuhns. Right. Somebody's crying We say legislation, and, and yes, we need that. But you know something, we got them coon in there that's not doing anything. There's plenty of issues. As, as you know, there's plenty of issues that they can address. We have somebody on the inside that can do something and to bring about a change, and then, too, us collectively. Uh-huh. we got to support. We got to support each other, man, and, and, and stop this but, foolishness. But I
2: think uh, Twala mentioned this on our last show. We've got to look at the legislation and the person yes. we're supporting and, right. exactly. and their record. Because a lot, lot of times people, just because, and I'm glad to see we're really speaking up with the latest presidential bid, but <laughs> we really, literally, if you, if, if you haven't done anything but harm the community, we've got to really speak up about exactly.
1: it. Exactly. That's not a person you will support. Now, uh, uh, as I said, accountability, uh, uh, we have to hold these leaders, these politicians, these teachers, these preachers, these people, yourself, accountable. Right. And, and, and so, uh, like you said, let's look at your record. Well, you voted against this, 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 this. You're or voted for
2: people. increased
1: uh, jail and prison time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god so, Right. Uh, again, these are the things that we have to uh, uh, look at. Like you know, you both were saying, legislation is one, it's of, one the of the arms. keys.
2: Mm-hmm. One of the keys. You, you, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: And now a, a a a a moment of coming together, uh, and 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 making a difference, which changed legislation. I'm gonna use the Montgomery boycott. Okay. Cause when you hurt them economically, mm-hmm. they made changes. Or the Martin Luther King holiday.
0: Let's hit Let's. that on the opposite side of our break. Okay? Mm-hmm. We're gonna hit the opposite opposite side of our break. Don't go anywhere, don't touch that dial. Stay around for a while. Back with you again. Here we are. Back with you again. We're going to dig into this speech, and we're uh, going to finish this up here. We're going to tie this all together with some marching words for you again this week. Martin, he was not. Uh, he didn't have any despair, but he was realistic. His, he still had faith in in that something could be done. Yeah. He didn't have faith in the people. Okay. Who he initially had put that trust in. Okay. Um, in this speech. He said that the two Americas are like this. There's one America where there's milk of prosperity. These are direct quotes. It's America of honey, of opportunity. Millions have food and materials of necessities for their bodies. In this America, they have culture and education for their minds. In this America, they have freedom and human dignity for their spirits. In this America, they have opportunity for life, liberty, pursuit of happiness in all their dimensions. In this America, millions of young people grow up in the sunlight of opportunity. But in the other America, the other America, he says, the daily ugliness transforms the abelience of hope into the fatigue of despair. Mm. So I mean, it wasn't just despair. Fatigue means that was tiring, it drains you, it drains you. He said, in this America, Millions of work-starved men walk the streets daily in search of jobs mm. that do not exist. Mm. In this America, millions of people find themselves in, living in rat-infested, mm. vermin-filled slums. In this America, people are poor by the millions. They perish on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity.
1: Mm. That's a powerful quote. That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's you know some, there's a conflict, I mean, you know mm-hmm. something, the land that's this rich, in, 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 in and America during that time, yeah, we were so industrious, and, and we were a powerful nation. You, you, you know what I mean? And, and, and why not share some of that wealth?
0: I think it was interesting when he said that they were in a, on this island of poverty, in this sea of prosperity because it's like we're all in this one spot. He didn't just talk about, for black Americans, he talked about Mexicans or oh. Mexicans, Puerto Ricans, Indians, um, other groups how he said it, and Appalachian Americans, but he said, but for the most part, this mostly affects the American Negro. He said that the American Negro was in three types of slums, race, poverty, and human misery. Race, poverty, and human misery. Race, poverty, and human misery. Can't change your color. Can't change your color at all. Although on paper, what I found interesting is that when you talk about the census, when they talk about the numbers of white people, they include Northern Africans, Middle Easterners. Oh, yes.
2: <laughs> oh, yes.
0: And and those in... Uh,
2: even in India. And in, in India,
0: they include that when they say white in America. And come to find out, this is the only country that counts those numbers in that number of white, oh, and white Hispanics.
2: Right, right, because uh, working for research groups, we always had to make sure to ask, are you a white Hispanic or a black Hispanic? And, and that's how you define yourself. And I remember I had a, a, a Hispanic woman working with me who really had a problem with that because she said, we don't, in our country, even classify ourselves like that.
0: Except the United States says that the ones in Spain,
2: mm-hmm.
0: they said that the Spanish, anyone from Europe, is considered sort of white. white. Mm-hmm. Right. I find it fascinating because I was on Cairo, uh, I think I was in, maybe, maybe I was in Sulla. Mm-hmm. A young man said to me something about, um, well, in order for them to be able to get in this country, the Egyptians that mm-hmm. were his, his grandparents, mm-hmm. they had to mark down white in order to be accepted to, to um, migrate here. Mm-hmm. Danny Thomas, the actor, Danny yeah, Thomas, had to yeah. do the same thing. And he's Lebanese. Wow. And if you look at some of the old shows, they made a whole lot of racial comments to him. A lot of them calling him Tilehead, mm-hmm. Desert Camel Humper. Wow! Oh, yeah. When you go back and watch some of those old shows, you hear, it wasn't subliminal. It was very flat out. So that racism that he incurred, I find it phenomenal that people laughed at, but really was there. Remember when we were up in Washington, we went, to, where, where were we, when we went, we saw that Egyptian minister, a man from uh,
1: Who was across from the state building.
0: Yeah, and he said that he was a, he said, you're, I'm white and you're black. I looked at him, he looked at, <laughs> he looked talking, at me like, like what? <laughs> no,
2: you're not. Because he invited us to come to the church and, and as a, he's a Coptic Christian. So I guess the question is, then, as Martin mentioned, I wanted to talk about a little bit about his state of mind.
0: Martin was not the Martin of 63. Martin was not the Martin that marched in Selma. Because the one thing Martin did state in this same speech, Mm -hmm. he said, some of you all marched with us, and some of you all with us, you really weren't with us. You weren't for us. You were just anti-Bull Connor.
2: Mm.
0: You weren't really for advancement of, of the Negro. You were for the advancement of sticking the fork in, so to speak, to mm-hmm. Bull Connor. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. why you all are on page with us now. Mm-hmm. He called mm-hmm. them out. Mm-hmm. See, this is a speech that got him knocked off. This is a speech that 67. got him
1: killed.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. but I'm saying that this is a speech that, that got 68 King killed. Because mm-hmm. 67 King told Harry Belafonte he thought that he had marched in, into a, a burning fire, out of the mm-hmm. house into the fire. Because he saw no improvements. He saw Legislation really didn't work because the legislation that was written, the way it was written, it was balanced out with another mm-hmm. law. Mm-hmm. So it meant Cancel whatever each other
1: out. the council mm-hmm.
0: each other out. So the mm-hmm. Negro still didn't advance. Then mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. so he was calling it out. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people don't know is that in '67, King had moved his family to Chicago,
2: hmm. and they
0: stayed in a in a in a slum, mm-hmm. in a rat-infested apartment wow. building. Wow! And they end up helping the people there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They told the people, don't pay your money to your landlord because he won't honor these conditions. They had rats in there, doors were off. You could walk in people's houses because the doors weren't even on the hinges. Mm. So they took the money and put it in escrow and they ended up buying uh, paints and doors. And they did. It. he and his family physically helped do that. They helped mm-hmm. develop a housing association for those people mm-hmm. so that they could have fair housing and a clean, safe place.
2: Well, well, I think, I think Dr. Claude Anderson is going to be on the show, correct? And so when he comes in his book, Power Economics, the thing I love about him the most is he comes up with similar concrete solutions to a lot of these issues that Martin talked about. You know, Martin was very, very concerned. And I, I'm of the belief, and this is my own personal belief, that I've seen the legislation. We get one law, and and quickly that gets changed. And especially the Voting Rights Act that was recently. I mean, I'm. It's like every time we make gains somewhere, it's like the rug gets pulled up from out, from under you. So unless you start to really help one another. It's kind of like a house and a family that you really have to look out for the needs, economic. Because I remember as a kid, we always used to look out for each other. That's how Absolutely. we made it to the next level. Absolutely. And if we don't start, if we don't start galvanizing, if we don't start, I know the bridge plans to have um, meetings and sessions where we really talk about these things and solutions, both from a political, social, economic, and spiritual, because you've got to have a moral compass, and that's one of the things I loved about Martin, is he had that mar- moral compass and he could see clearly what was happening and speak to a lot of those issues.
1: That's what allowed him to do, because of that moral compass, to accomplish a lot of the things that he did accomplish. Supernatural, Be- Because, mm-hmm. exactly. supernatural, Because, you know, the deck was stacked against yes. him. Yes, yes. Y- y- you know, I'm thinking about you know you playing a card game. I, I'm gonna use a little simple game everybody knows. Pity Pat. Mm-hmm.
2: Pity
1: Pat. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I can't use Pity Pat because you play Pity mm-hmm. Pat and and, and yeah. they got a, a deck full of jokers. So. <laughs> <laughs> what kind? What kind of card? Well, uh, okay, I know there's, but I couldn't think of another game. But anyway, space, but any game, Spades, spades. they got space. all the jokers. Right, how many right. books you got? Right, <laughs> you know what I mean. But okay, okay but you know something, the deck is stacked against you. And then they had a deck in their back pocket, a marked deck.
0: Is what
1: and, you're a, a marked deck, right? So, so, so again, you, you, you know something. These are some of the things that he had to overcome. And and it, you were saying that you know something. You could see him changing in 66 and 67 and and, and see now here's a man that had power mm-hmm. that he could reach the communities and he could bring about this unity and we can't have that. But right.
0: Vietnam also changed the game too because yes. he was totally and solely against us participating in a war that there was no win for us and it really wasn't. There was no win for us to go to Vietnam. There was no win. And the fact that you had these black soldiers and service members going abroad and not even being treated as citizens, which is the same cycle that occurred with mm-hmm. them in Korea, the mm-hmm. ones that were in World War II, the ones that were in World One War I, mm-hmm. the ones Civil that fought in the Banana Wars, uh, the uh, ones that uh, fought in uh, uh, 1812. The, yeah. all back, all, Never any true equity at all. But I was sitting here thinking about you talking about uh, solutions. One of the things that we as Black people in 2019 gotta mm. stop doing, and this is what we gotta start start letting these politicians know: mm-hmm. the preacher is not the head of the Black people, the Black community in this this mm-hmm. this era. It used to be that they would go to the ministers and the ministers, and I'm not saying now there, are, all, some, there are some there are some no there's some part like Reverend mm-hmm. Doctor Kevin W Cosby of mm-hmm. St Stephen in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. He is a he is a civil rights mm-hmm. activist to his heart. He's also the president of Simmons College of mm-hmm. Kentucky, mm-hmm. civil rights to his heart. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that there are not ministers out there that are active in this struggle, but he will even tell you that he's not the face of black America. And people always like to lump black people in this one monolithic group. Or this one leader. And we're not. I know that it was that was that it was during that time when we were Look into the church and look into the households of faith. Mm-hmm. And so that, those are the ones who were the act, most active civic activists mm-hmm. at the time. Well, we don't have that same cohesiveness anymore because we don't even have communities anymore. So how do you reach, reach and speak to us? Right. So and we just need to stop looking for one person. There's no one person that speaks no for. There's no one person. Because there's right. no such thing as black America, huh? How about that? Mm. There's just black folks in America. There's no such thing as black America. So let's, let's kick that one right off the side. Well, that's let's one of one off. of their no
1: titles. You, you know, and, and, and well, like we I said, absorbed it as a title. Like they not have Black stop Twitter. Stop let's letting somebody black else Twitter. label you. Black Twitter.
0: Uh, you know, what, is, what is that? We, we black were, Twitter.
1: We were mm-hmm. colored. Uh, we, were, no, we were Negroes or colored. I don't know the order, but, you know, it was a bunch of names. And so now, I guess now, and, 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 and now we're Afri- African Americans. Mm-hmm. What will we be in the next millennium? Mm-hmm.
0: Nope. Mm-hmm. nope. Nope. Nope.
1: You, you know. know what I mean? And, and, and they are, oh, it sounds like a good idea. Yeah, let's go by that. It, those those are the, the kumbayas. Well, it's identity and so crisis. Let's, let's, we, let's, we do have an identity tank. crisis. We do country. have one. We have an
0: identity crisis in this country as black people. Exactly. We have an identity crisis. So they crisis. get
1: a kumbaya to say and, something. And, and, and we're all supposed, like when Jesse said, let's make Ebonics. The national
0: The language.
1: national language for blacks in America. Are you really serious, well, Jesse?
2: Well, I think, I think too, is that um, I was talking to a guy one day, and I just think we need more personal leadership. And I don't think, yeah, and it's a broad leadership, but we have to come together on one thing. Uh, yes. A couple things for me are education. I don't want to see my son go to jail for no r- crazy reason. I don't want to see my son killed by a gunshot from a, officer that's supposed to be protecting me. And economics, I want to make sure that we can eat. Can we come together on those four things and make it work? And legislation that sticks. We can demand legislation that sticks.
1: Yes. Now, Teresa, it's funny that you should mention your son and and God willing that he'll grow up to be a strong black man. Now, I'm a big, big guy. Mm -hmm. I'm a big black guy. You know, 6'3", 260, and I'm already a menace. Hmm. Uh, uh, Now, your son, as small as he is, and see, now there's no age uh, range now. He has a target on his back. Why? Why? These are the things that we need to change. These are the things that are uh, 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 collectively that we need to change. Get that bullseye off my son. Right. Get that right. boozeye off, off my grandson right. or, or my daughter. They're killing men, women, and children.
2: And the thing I notice about a cancer is, yes, in the black community, as Malcolm said, is race, is poverty. Mm-hmm. And the third piece you mentioned is that it starts to spill over. Human misery. Up, human misery. That stuff is already spilling over, as I can tell, looking at history. Um, we're not the only ones experiencing yes. it. We experience it to a greater degree but that's what happens when a cancer is not dealt with Mm -hmm. properly. It keeps spreading.
0: Education. I want to hit on that real quick. Mm -hmm. Having taught in school, had a sixth grader who couldn't read. She was in my class. She couldn't read. She could not read, but she had been passed on. Mm -hmm. You parents allow your child to be passed on through this thing called social promotion. You're doing a disservice to your child. Mm-hmm. Social promotion means that my child is too old to be held back. I don't ascribe to that. I remember when I graduated from high school, there were two guys. I remember they were 20 years old and graduated, but they graduated. They had flunked along the way and flunked the game along the way, but they, they plugged it out. They were them. no longer <laughs> eligible to play sports. But they finally made it. But they graduated. That's good. Yeah, they That's graduated. Good. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, but social promotion is socially unsatisfactory for your child. And I know this is more in the black schools, mm-hmm. black communities. We're so socially aware that we're educationally deplete. Mm-hmm. This child, I had to talk to her mom and ask her mom, would you please allow me to keep your child back for a year? Mm-hmm. And if you let me keep your child and let me have her for a year. I guarantee you if she does what I show her to do, and we work together as a team, she would be able to graduate on time. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why she wouldn't graduate is because she slacks off. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. parent was in agreement with that. The principal at the school called me in because I had four children, and I had, had marked that too, but I had talked to the parents first. And I also had them come to my summer school program. Mm-hmm. The principal was more concerned about the attrition number of the percentage of children being no. promoted because mm-hmm. I was the only one in this building that was holding children back. Because I talked to the parents, and I told them, I said, I, I treat, let me say this, if I ever taught you, you know that I treat you as if you were a child to come out of my own womb. If I overcoached coached you, it's the same way. You can call and let these people know. So I treat them like they are my own mm-hmm. from the front to the end. I didn't want anybody to do this to my own children. Mm-hmm. I knew what side of the world mm-hmm. was waiting on them. Mm-hmm. I left from the the law enforcement side to come to, mm-hmm. to the education side because I got tired of Locking up people's children mm. and picking up these bodies on the ground. Mm, mm, mm. That is draining, especially when you know their parents or grandparents, you know, you know the family members, and then you got to be the one to go tell them. And then they're asking you the question, why and how, and you don't have the answer. Mm. And you just have to sit there and just let them cry, trying to hold in your own tears, mm-hmm. because mm. you can't let that out. You right. have to be strong. So, Education was a, is a big piece. Right. But our schools are substandard so because our schools are still financed through property taxes. Now, they already said that was unconstitutional, but no one's challenged to do anything else about it. You got all these new charter schools open up. Charter schools are private schools. I worked in charter schools, too. I went from charter school to public school because I had to see both sides, see how it all worked. Mm-hmm. And the charter school works in the poorer neighborhoods because they pick up the children. Parents don't worry about taking them to school, mm-hmm. feed them. Mm-hmm have after school program take them back home for a lot of the parents in our repressed neighborhoods that's a benefit for them because they don't have the money or the opportunity to have children in these daycares because they age out these programs Mm -hmm. so and then it's also too the education problems that we have a lot of young parents who never finished high school themselves so it's kind of hard when you're talking to a parent who may be 13 14 15 years older than their child Mm -hmm. and they're still having children right so and then their child ends up having a child before they get out of high school. So then you have a grandmom who's 30,
2: 31, and you have
0: she to has break that cycle. and say so right. Really so, so that, so, so, that's, so that, that that's that, that hurts that too. And I too. think
2: that's part of the education piece of
0: But we can't get it until we find a way to have it properly until we have a mandate that's enforced to make it see, every school has the same testing right. instrument. But every school doesn't have the same books. My children went to very good schools. I used to take my children's textbooks and make copies of them for my students because we didn't have the books.
2: Well, I I would start one step beyond that. I I think we need to be able to create, some of us that are educators need to create some of the questions because there's a lot of social bias and some oh, yeah. of these questions yeah. as well yeah. which causes kids not to they can know the information but if it's worded weird in a weird way and I have seen some of those questions the what kid isn't going to be able to pass and we know this.
0: Also to the the, uh, uh, excuse no, me. Ahead, ahead. Uh, the test instrument is flawed all the way around for for several reasons and not only is it bias here's the thing at the beginning of school year I always did this this VART examination where I try to find out my learning styles of the students and some of them are kinesthetic learners, some of them are visual learners, some of them are auditory learners. So, but the test instrument is the same. Right. So if your learning style is different, but your test instrument doesn't match your learning style, I still can't pull out how you learn. I used mm-hmm. to give children oral exams because some of them just couldn't process it on paper. Mm-hmm. I asked them a question, and i like, okay, yes. But that was for me. Right. But once they left me, they didn't get that. And as and much I, as you, And
2: I've always said that I thought you were onto to something with... Uh, TWALA HAS GIVEN EXAMS that are TESTING THAT WOULD LOOK AT DIFFERENT LEARNING STYLES. I THINK THAT THE WAY WE learn t- IS VERY DIFFERENT FROM HOW OTHERS LEARN. I THINK THAT WE'VE BEEN VERY CLEAR ON THAT. AND MOST OF THE CLASSROOM SETTINGS ARE PLAYING OUT BORING FOR US, <laughs> AND THEY SHOULDN'T BE. AND SO WE REALLY, US, EDUCATORS THAT KNOW, WE NEED TO INFUSE THE SYSTEM WITH BETTER LEARNING um, uh, EXAMPLES, STORIES, different types of learning styles a video may do here uh an exam you know learning so we need to just switch it all up but
1: it takes parents and and kids you're responsible too yes now uh, again you have to take some responsibility in this a teacher my teacher don't like me uh or or, and (laughs) Mm -hmm. then i'll show her Mm -hmm. i'll put my head down Mm -hmm. I don't care. They don't care because you got your head down. They already got their education. Get yours. And then you fall further and
2: further behind. But I think that kids will take responsibility when the educational system has a little bit to do with them. Well,
1: it's, yeah. Just a little bit. It is flawed. (laughs) It it, it, is flawed. You know, it's hard. I always
2: had trouble reading Pippi Longstocking, because Pippi Longstocking didn't have anything I could identify with. And I remember as a kid saying, gee, I wish I could just get some books, thank God for Maya Angelou, uh, Mm. that that reminded me of myself, because that's the key, and they know this. Of course.
0: (laughs) Well, when you have a a, a national graduation rate of 69% blacks, Mm. 73% Latin Hispanics, 86% white, 1.2 million students drop out of high school. 25% of them fail to graduate on time. Out of that, 32 million Americans cannot read. This is supposed Mm. to be the the greatest nation in the world. 14%, that's 14% of the population can't read. Of that 14% that we say that can't read, Mm -hmm. let's go to the other ones who can read. 21% of them read below fifth grade level. Mm. Talking about adults. Mm. And there are 19% of the high school graduates in America who can't read at all.
1: Hmm. Now, uh, let me change it up just just a little bit for you Redskin fans out there. (laughs) How can Dexter Manley go through uh, uh, grade school, uh, junior high school, high school, college, and then be drafted into the pros and still not knowing how to read? Come on. Money, money, So, money. so uh, 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 again, uh, the system is, is is flawed and it's and it's biased. Uh, uh, and so I'm gonna change up again uh, for those of you watching the Super Bowl. Okay. Anyway, Pittsburgh game. But so anyway, <laughs> go on. I thought I'd throw that in. Y- y'all wanted me to say something about football, so <laughs> there so, it is. So, I
2: guess and you throwing out those statistics, we really have a lot. This Black History Month, we got a lot of work to do at pulling our resources together. Oh, absolutely. And really just doing more in the area. And I'm a big believer that having a foundation, a spiritual, for me it's a Christian foundation, and education, and your economics piece, and just putting the blinders on but going after what is going to benefit, like Martin said, our children. We the one thing I love about Martin is he still made it happen for us, despite his concerns. And we weren't there yet. We were a lot further along simply based on his leadership ability. He
0: paid an ultimate price, and yeah. we don't have the evidence of that life. Mm-hmm. We still don't
1: have the evidence. And as, and as evidence being, being it's lost as been. time goes on, because you know something, uh, a lot of these young kids, Martin, who, yeah. Well, that's, a, you know, that's they how
0: I'm talking about to Martin. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but let me say this a um, couple of things. Umoja House and Appeal, U M O J A House and Appeal, AP, or capital A P, capital P E A L. Yesterday and on the first and third Saturday every, every month, they have an economic collective where you can go and purchase proper, um, purchase items there. Made by blacks, owned That's by good. companies. Oh, yeah. We get our That's detergent good. from there. You right. got toilet That's paper good. there. You got Twilight soap. Wow. Black toothpaste. That's um, uh, food. But it's at 2015 Bunker Bunker Hill Road, Northeast in Washington, D.C. I urge you all to go out there to support us. So we, we, we need support. We need to support each yes. other. Um,
1: yes.
0: Also, coming up on the, the 27th of February, the VFW Post 9619, which is located at uh, 6527 Suitland Road in Morningside, Maryland. Mm-hmm. It's having a veterans resource. It's hosted mm-hmm. by one of our future guests. She'll be here at the end of the month, Infinity Speaks, and Marilyn White. Mm-hmm. Infinity Speaks is an organization that's owned by a black female veteran. Mm-hmm. Her story is compelling, and her business helps veterans. This resource will be available for all their veterans. You can come there, find out about how to um, get, acquire your DD-214s, how to... File for disabilities, how to upgrade your, your disability rating, housing, education opportunities, all types of things. And then there's other things too support groups, there's vendors. Everyone there is a veteran or veteran owned veteran sponsor. Please come out, come out to support. We would like to ask you all as marching orders. First of all, we want to thank our sponsors the Sugar Foundation, the sugar.com, um, Sweet Unity Farms Coffee, uh, Exodus House ATL.com. Um, imaginationpressonline.com and FiveOrangeClothing.com, and of course T-Limbs for sure but this is the marching order that we have this week we talked about these two Americas and we know that we live in these two Americas we're talking about we need some solutions we don't have an answer for solutions but we together have an answer so what we need you to do we
1: need you we need
0: you to subscribe we need you to like we need you to share this video that's number one Number two, we need you to put into the comments section, either on this page or either to our site, connecttothebridge.com. You can find us on Facebook, Connect to the Bridge. You can find us on Instagram, Connect to the Bridge, and on Twitter, Connect to the Bridge. We need you to go to our page, our website, put your name and information because what we're trying to do is we need to collect everyone together because we need to, we're going to have a summit. We want your spiritual leaders out there. We want your, your business leaders out there. We want your educators out there. We've got to come together. And so young we folks.
1: Can, we, we want your opinion. You are a part of this. So we okay. want your opinion. We want okay. you to participate.
0: We, we, need, we need you because we need each other. Mm-hmm. And that I strongly urge you. Don't just sit and watch and enjoy or sit and watch and comment and sit Wait, and watch a and, part and of. complain. We're asking. We're reaching out to you. And we need you to reach back. We don't care if you're local or if you're long distance. We have all this electronic technology that we can actually reach out to everyone. Having that said, we'd like to thank the panelists today. Mm -hmm. We know we're going to be excited. We have someone Uh, coming next week.
2: Yes, we have Ms. Shania Baldwin. She is an author uh, of Let's Get Match, Not Just Addicted to Love. And she's going to be talking about it since February is the love month. She's going to be talking to us about what we can do (laughs) to help us love ourselves first so that we can love others. We'll see you next week.
0: Don't forget. This is the, also the month that our civil rights leader Malcolm X was slain on the twenty-first. Keep that in mind. Ron, take, take us home.
1: Steady, are you ready? What's going on? Let's get Spitty, Not are just you ready. The thing.